Running is easily one of the most controversial forms of exercise that we have in society. Some people claim that it makes you feel amazing. Others say that it makes you throw up or that it's bad for your knees. Most people have a love or hate relationship with running. But for the people who love it, it can be a really therapeutic and freeing way to pass time. Unfortunately, not every risk associated with running is about the act of running itself. When you step outside for a run, you're opening yourself up to the world and all the people in it too. My name is Brienne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the 2002 disappearance of Rachel Cook, a 19-year-old woman who went missing while out on her morning run. She was never found. We all assess risk differently. What seems risky to some might seem like a casual Tuesday to others. We often base our risk assessments on our own comfort levels, our history, details in an encounter, random facts that we know, and our mental health in a lot of cases. So we all do it in a pretty unique way. When Rachel Cook first told her parents that she wanted to move from Georgetown, Texas to San Diego, they were worried. Her parents stressed about the crime rates in the area, fearing that something would happen to her while she was gone. But Rachel went on to live a really happy life in San Diego without any issues. She even started dating someone. During a break from school, she decided to go back to Georgetown to visit. Now, this was her hometown, the place that she knew inside and out. Those people were her people, at least they had been. So, she returned, ready to enjoy her old neighborhood and catch up with her friends. Some things never change, and if there was one thing that Rachel was, it was a runner. She liked to begin her day with a four-mile run, and she was excited to follow her old high school jogging trail on January 10th, 2002. So she hung up the phone with her boyfriend and hit the open road. Unfortunately, she stepped out of that door, and then she disappeared. Rachel was supposed to meet up with her family to go shopping later, but when they got home, she was nowhere to be found. She had left for her run hours ago, and they were surprised to find that her purse and her personal belongings were still at home. It very clearly seemed like she had never returned home after her run. Feeling a little nervous and confused, her parents decided to call her local friend to see if she was there. She wasn't, and her friend said that they had plans, but she hadn't heard from her. Naturally, her parents started to worry. 
Rachel worked at a local bar every once in a while when she was in town, so they decided to call and ask if she'd showed up for work. They were relieved to hear that she did, but what they didn't know was that the person who they asked had actually confused their Rachel for another one. She never did make it into work. One day later, her parents went to report her disappearance to police. Straight out of the gate, Rachel's family was pretty unhappy with how the investigation was being handled. They believed that police didn't really take her case seriously. At least, not at first. The investigators seemed convinced that she likely ran off with friends or her boyfriend, even though the phone record would show her boyfriend was in San Diego when she spoke with him that morning. But the family kept insisting that she would never do that, not without telling them at least. While police casually investigated her disappearance, the likelihood of finding Rachel alive really started to diminish. Then, they found some clues. As far as we know, Rachel's neighbors were the last people to see her, and what they had to share was fairly disturbing. They reported seeing Rachel returning home from her run. The last sightings show her as being less than 200 yards away from her parents' home. That means that basically between her being right up the street and her making it home, something must have happened to her. And that is the main theory. Police believe that someone snatched Rachel up basically right in front of her house. The only question is, who? Some attention in the investigation fell on a car with teen boys that was seen looping through the neighborhood. It does sound pretty suspicious, but police were able to find the drivers and ultimately learned that they were just ditching school. They looked at the car, and there was some inconclusive evidence, but it was decided that these kids were in the clear, so... They let him go. A new investigation into her ex-boyfriend began. At least, an investigation being conducted by her family. Rachel had dated a man in Georgetown, and her family described the relationship with him as volatile. During her time back in Georgetown, she told her sister that she saw her ex and that he made a big, loud, uncomfortable scene in a public restaurant. This happened two days before she disappeared. And it wasn't the first scene he caused either. After Rachel had previously broken up with him, he had shown up to her parents' house in the middle of the night drunk and demanding to see her. Basically until he was chased off. She wanted the relationship to end, but he just wouldn't let go. In the end, they couldn't prove he was involved. When someone goes missing, it's normal to look at the people around them, right? We all know that. More often than not, criminals know their victims. 
So police had people who were close to her take polygraphs, including Rachel's father. He flagged for a very obvious reason. When they asked him if he knew where Rachel was, he told them no. And the system flagged it as a lie. But before you start to worry about Rachel's father, just know that the explanation behind the lie was pretty devastating. He said that he strongly felt that he knew where Rachel was. In heaven. Four years after Rachel's disappearance, police made a fairly shocking announcement. A known murderer who was already sitting in prison confessed to killing Rachel. He told police that he grabbed Rachel while she was running, killed her using a hammer, and then dumped her body out in the Gulf of Mexico. This guy made some very specific claims. He seemed like a likely candidate, and they had no real reason to question him, which seems kind of iffy in retrospect. But the police believed him. He was set to plead guilty to the crime in court, and Rachel's entire family cleared their schedules to be in the room. But then, when he took to the stand, he changed his mind. He said that he didn't commit the crime and that he wasn't involved at all. Ultimately, rumors came out that he was trying to get preferential treatment from the courts, so he lied, but I'm not really sure how that would work out. Regardless, her family was understandably devastated. And when Investigation Discovery tried to interview him at a later time, he basically pulled the same thing with the network. They showed up to interview him and he refused to see them. To this day, many people still believe that he actually did commit this crime, but they dropped the charges in the end. Obviously, everyone was desperate to find Rachel. Searches were conducted. Police even explored a nearby lake in the off chance that someone dumped her body there. But there was no sign of Rachel anywhere. The investigation was basically put on pause until 2021, when police made another big announcement. This time, they said they were looking for a person of interest who they believe likely had information about what happened to Rachel. The individual knew Rachel personally and was known to work around horses, but that's all we know. Hopefully, somewhere down the line, we'll find out more. For now, her family's still waiting for answers. So, if you want to discuss how to stay safe while jogging, visiting your hometown, or how to spend winter break, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>